church tells me not to go to church. We're, we're going to jump into that in just a minute. Um, <clears throat> I want to say just quickly in reference to Brian's maple comment, my wife needed a third suggestion. I don't like maple. If you don't like maple, it's absolutely fine. But it's Maine and it's maple. They just seem to go together, so I thought it would work. Uh, get whatever kind of coffee you like. I tend to go with plain myself, but w- whatever you prefer. Uh, today, I, I actually want to start off um, by making you a little bit of a promise. Um, I don't do that with every message, but uh, here's th- the kicker. If you uh, actually apply and do what we're going to suggest today, whether you, you, you know, you've been in church for a long time or maybe you, you, this is your first time in church, if you're willing to apply it, some of you will be able to look back in years from now and think to yourself, that was the day. That was the day that God started something in my life that's going to carry out for the future, that's going to change the way I do things in the future. That was the day. That day in April, it was rainy, it was just after Easter. I remember that day. If you're willing to apply it, I I can make you this promise. It will change the course of how you live the rest of your life, what you you put forward. Uh, I want to start off by by telling you um, just a story, and the story concerns a friend. So I'm going to change his name and say this guy's name is Mike. Uh, Mike is a friend of mine who I hear from Every so often, maybe every year or two, um, and, and typically, if you have a friend like this, the call typically is always uh, crisis mode. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, like you never hear from when things are good, but when things are bad, you get a panicked call that the world is falling apart, and he doesn't know what to do, and, and he, he, he's always looking to me for advice and looking to me for counsel. So the last time it happened, I, I, I felt like you, you, this is just a habit that continues to repeat over and over and over, and we need to break the habit. So I can, I can offer you some help for what you're going through, but I said, do you, are you going to church anywhere? He's like, well, yeah, you know, I, I, go, I go here on, on occasion. Okay, are, are, you, are you doing anything in church? Are you connecting to your pastor? Are, are, you, are, are you, you serving? Are, are, you, are you connected? Are, are, are you engaging? Well, you know, we're busy, and you know, we got two kids, and one of them has some extra needs, and I've got a job, and, we, you know, and I said, yeah, but, like, how do you expect to get the help you need? How, how do you expect to grow? Are, are, are you going to church? Well, yeah, I'm going to church. All right, here's my advice. Then maybe you need to stop going to church. Maybe you just need to, to, to quit what you think of as, as going to church because it doesn't seem to be working for you. And really what I was trying to do is, is cast vision, which I'm, I'm hoping to do today, that, that you're in God's greatest intention for your life. His vision for your life was never for you simply to just go to church. It, it, sometimes that's we get in the habit of that. I hear it sometimes we'll be walking through a store and somebody will stop and say hi. And, you know, I, I go to your church. That's awesome. But I haven't seen you in like three years. I, I, I miss you. We're only a four-year-old church. Like, I'm, I, what's your name again? I'm sorry. And if that's you, forgive me. I'm horrible with names. I could have met you a second ago and I might not know your name. I, I make up names for my kids. So don't hold me accountable to that. <clears throat> The idea is, is sometimes we fall in, into this rhythm, into this habit where, you know, I, I go to church. Or they might even say, I, I go to your church, and, and that's awesome. Are you connected? Who do you know? Are you engaged? Are, are, are you serving? When, when you need somebody, who are you calling? Oh, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. But I go to your church. And then, you know, inevitably they pull me aside and, and you know, I need you to pray for me because, you know, my wife and I or my husband and I, we're not doing good. We just seem to be bumping heads. I bought this boat and she doesn't like the boat. So, you know, there's some contention and now there's this financial pressure and my kids are, you know, I, I'm not sure what's happening with them, but they're really struggling and, and, and I hate my job and I, and I hate my house and I want to move, but I can't move because of my job and I can't find a new job. And it's like everything just seems to be a mess. So the advice I give them is the same advice I want to give you this morning. And just stop 
going to church because it doesn't seem to be working because that was never God's intention for us to simply just go to church. Maybe what God wanted for all of us was a little more. Maybe what God was hoping for is, is that we would all go and we would be planted in church. You see, we, we, we get the idea of church confused because for years, and this is just a natural question, we say, well, where do you go to church? And where do you go to church? Well, I go to that church. And I go to, you know, that, that church that doesn't look like a church in Hamden in the back of the school down an alley. It's really creepy. You know that church? <clears throat> I, I, go to, I go to that church. And it's okay to ask ourselves that question because that's kind of what we've associated with church. But that was not God's best intention. That was not God's full potential for you was to simply just go to church, to, to fill a seat, to, to watch with us online. And if you're here and you're doing those things, that's awesome because that might be step one. If it's your first time online, don't turn me off yet. Don't, don't click away. I'm thrilled that you're here. I hope it's not your last time. But I think God might have more in store for you than simply just going to church. We're going to look at, at uh, the Psalms. Psalms are a really large book in the Bible, and they're written by multiple authors. And I looked up this, this author's name, and to be honest with you, there's no way on God's good earth I could say his name and do him justice. So I'm not going to disrespect him. I'm just going to call it the author of Psalms. The author of this psalm uh, says this about those who, who could be planted, about those who would be righteous. He, he says this, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. We read through that, and when you read through the psalms, it sounds very poetic. And you're like, oh, that sounds really pretty. But a, a lot of those words don't seem to connect with us because we're not in this culture, in, in this time period. So let me, for a minute, just kind of break this down for a little bit. He says, the righteous will flourish. And, and flourish isn't a word we use often, is it? Like, when's the last time you went up to somebody and you asked them or you, you came up to me and said, Jim, how are you doing? And I was like, man, I am flourishing. <laughs> just flourishing. Like, uh, like, no, we don't use the word that way. I started lifting weights again. I, I love lifting weights. And maybe you go to the gym. When's the last time you went up to somebody at the gym and you're like, man, you're just getting the gains and you're looking ripped. You are just flourishing. Like, you don't say that. Because if you did, you may not have a workout partner next time around. Like, <laughs> no one talks this way. But, but. The, the, the idea of, of flourishing, it, it's, it's, I think, so appropriate for this. The idea of flourishing is, isn't simply to just succeed. It's, it's to grow. It, it's to, it, it, this idea of being planted and then bearing fruit, it, it's, it's more than just kind of sustaining. I'm flourishing. I'm doing well. I'm growing. I'm prospering. The life still, is still happening. You know, problems still arise, but, but something's different. I feel different. I feel like, like I, I'm connected and I'm growing, and I'm prospering, and I'm increasing. I feel a little bit like perhaps I'm flourishing. How are you doing? Man, I'm flourishing. I want to hear it. So I'm, the next time I ask somebody that question, that's the response I want from you. So write that little note down. Make sure you say that to me the next time. The righteous will flourish. They'll grow, and they'll increase, and they'll prosper. And then he, he compares it to a palm tree and to a cedar, and, and we don't uh, connect with these because we live in Maine. We don't have palm trees, and I haven't seen giant cedar trees in Maine, but, but, but here's, here's how he breaks it down. He compares it to two trees. The two types of trees, the first one we're going to look at is, is a cedar. Cedar is, is durable. Cedar is attractive. Cedar smells good. For some of us, that's really encouraging. He's saying it, the righteous, when, when, when they're planted, when they're flourishing, you're like a cedar. You're durable. You're strong. It's like you have that cedar chest. It, it looks good and it's attractive, but it's strong and it smells good. For some of you, he's saying you smell good. And that's some encouragement. Some of you smell good. That's great. You're like a cedar and you're durable and you're strong. He said, but you're also like a palm. 
And, and the palm was the sign of triumph and victory. As a matter of fact, the palm branch was that. In the Corinthian games, in the Corinthian Olympic games, when, when somebody would win, they would present them with a palm branch because it was a sign of victory. It was like the gold medal. Like, you're the champion. You won. Jesus, when he made his last entry into Jerusalem, they called it the triumphal entry. He's riding on a donkey, and people are, are praising him, and they're laying palm branches down before him. Hail to the king. Glory to God. The king is here. It was a sign of victory. It was a sign of triumph. And he said, that's, that's you. Not when you just go to church, because that, that's not the end all. That's not the be all. That, that's not simply what God wants for you to do. But when you get planted, and when you start to flourish, you're like a cedar, you're durable, and you're attractive, and you smell good. And you're like a, a palm. You're victorious. Life still comes at you. And life still throws curveballs. And you still might get a bad report. And, and your job still might, might, not, might not be working out well. And your marriage still might feel like you're bumping heads. But you're like a cedar. You're, you're like a palm. See, both of these, he, he compares, he says, they're both kind of like, like evergreens. You know, evergreens, they just grow and they live all year. They, they just continue to thrive and to grow and to flourish. The righteous, he says, will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. And then he continues, he said, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. That's just a fancy way of saying, <clears throat> they don't just go to church but they're connected to the body of Christ. They're connected to the body of the church. They, they, they go to the church and they flourish as they connect and they engage and, and they, they do life with each other. They, they bump up against one each other and they call on each other when they need help. And there's people there lifting them up and encouraging them and they're lifting other people up and encouraging them and they're serving one another and they're, they're giving to one another. He said, then they would flourish. In old age, and this is encouraging to me because I, I don't know about you, but I keep getting older every year. I'm now 41. He says, in old age, they will still bear fruit. They will still be healthy and green. That's encouraging. They, even though we get older and our bodies might feel weak, as, as Brian said, because, you know, he's been lazy for a year. <clears throat> it's encouraging because we can get older, but we still flourish and we still grow and we still remain healthy. They will be proclaiming. The Lord is upright. He is my rock. See, that's God's vision for you. For somebody who would follow after Jesus, to not just attend, to not just come, to not just watch or, or, or to listen, but to flourish and to grow and to remain healthy, even though struggles and trials and storms come. You'll flourish. You're strong like a cedar. You're triumphant like a palm. So many of us, we, we don't experience this in, in our own life. I mean, as a matter of fact, it's, it's kind of in the way we, we say things, right? Instead of saying, man, I'm flourishing. I'm doing so well. How are you doing? Well, I, I, I just feel dry. I've talked to so many people over the last year. I just feel dry. I feel, I feel empty. I feel kind of spiritually like just bankrupt, like there's nothing there. I, I, instead of thriving, we feel like emotionally just withering. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I don't, I don't feel right. I don't feel the same. Maybe you've said these words yourself. Maybe you feel that way right now. There's just something different in me. It doesn't feel like it should. Instead of saying I'm, I'm connected, I'm just like relationally barren. I mean, we spend a year in isolation. I don't know who my friends are. I haven't connected. We see each other sometimes, maybe even through Zoom, but it's just, 
feel empty. Instead of prospering, there is just so much financial pressure. I'm just financially stressed and strapped to the bone. Instead of fulfilled, I find myself searching. I'm hoping that something will meet the thing in me, that need inside of me. And I, I keep looking and, you know, I'm hoping it's the next relationship or the next job or maybe the next, the next pay raise, the next increase, maybe the next car or the next house or whatever it might be, whatever you're trying to fill that need. I, I'm longing to be fulfilled, but I never feel that way. See, the author of Psalms is trying to tell us, your life is like a seed. And I, I know some of you ha- are, are great uh, you know, green thumbs. You plant, you know, full, flourishing gardens. Me, not so much. I struggle every year, and I always ask for help, and it never seems to go well. But those of you who, who plant gardens, you'll, you'll understand this. He said, your life, it's like a seed. And seeds have this incredible potential, don't they? I mean, it starts off as something so incredibly small. And when it plants, it, it begins to grow. And in a few weeks, you see a little sprout come up, and there's some green in what, what just seemed like barrenness and, and emptiness. And then that seed begins to grow and it begins to, to flourish. And, and what's amazing is that those seeds can even spread and it begins to multiply and thrive. And then, and then what happens when you plant a tomato seed? You get, you get fruit, right? You get tomatoes or you get whatever you're, you're planting, an apple tree, you get apples. It, it, it begins to grow and it begins to multiply and it begins to bear fruit. A seed has amazing potential. But, but what happens to a seed that's never planted? It has no potential. It, it literally lies dormant. It literally lies unfulfilled and unproductive, barren, no fruit. Guys, your life is like a seed. And you can hold it and you can protect it. And some of us, you have good reason. You know, you've been hurt in church before and you don't want to go to church or there's, there's dangerous people in church. Or I'm not sure I want to trust. And, and, and you hold and, and you, you never engage and you never get planted. And you never reach your potential. Your life is like a seed. A seed, this sounds so elementary, when I kept saying it, I was like, even my kids know this. A seed can only grow if it's planted. It can only bear fruit. It can only flourish once it's been planted. Jesus gives us this incredible illustration of of sowing seed, of of planting a garden. And Matthew, uh, I believe it's Matthew 13, he gives this story, these parables. These parables are always kind of like riddles. He talks in, in imagery and metaphor. He gives us this example of a farmer, or a, he calls it a seed sower, who's sowing seed. He's, he's planting a garden. He's spreading out his seed. And as he, he's, he's casting his seed, he said some seed lands, lands on this, this hard soil, this, this very firm soil. It's like a path. And, and, and it's so dense, and the soil is so thick, that the seed can never put, put roots down. And he said literally birds come away, and they carry the seed away, and the, the seed remains barren. It remains completely unfruitful. Because it wasn't planted. And then he said the other seed falls on, on this, this shallow soil. And it begins to, to, to come forth, begins to sprout. But its roots can never go deep. So it withers up under the sun. And there's a third seed. The third seed takes root. And it begins to grow. And it, and it begins to, to flourish. And it begins to, to sprout up in, into a beautiful plant. And then he said the, the weeds come around it. And they begin to choke out its life. And the seed wither and dies. And he's creating this metaphor for us. It's like the first seed is a seed that's never planted. I'm just going to go and I'm just going to leave. I'm going to come and hear what you have to say and then I'm going to bolt as soon as, before you even get back there so I don't have to connect and I don't have to talk. You'll never know my name. And for a period of time, I understand that. You want to, you know, investigate and make sure we're not like a bunch of weirdos. I get that. 
But eventually, there needs to be some connection. He said that that first seed is the seed that never gets planted, and it just carries away, and it never reaches its potential. And Maybe that's what you're feeling. Then there's the second seed that, that lands on soft soil, but it's not very deep, and its roots never go deep. And it, it, it goes for a little, but then it, it just kind of withers up and dies because the roots never go deep. It never really flourishes. Then there's the third seed. Jesus compared the, the, the things that choke it out. He says, those are the concerns of life. Those are the bills. Those are, you know, the, the medical reports. Those are the bad jobs. The kids, and they just choke out your life. And although you started to grow, he said, you end up withering and dying. But there's a fourth seed. And he said, the fourth seed, it's planted in good soil. And when it plants, it begins to sprout into this beautiful plant. And then he, he says this. He said it multiplies. The seed multiplies and it flourishes and it multiplies 30, 60, and 100 times. It just extends. And it's like when you begin to, to get planted, when you begin to engage with, with your church, when you begin to, to connect with your church, you realize this isn't just a blessing to you, but it's a blessing to everyone else. I'm a blessing. And I, I begin to serve other people and use the gifts that God's given me and Maybe God's given me an abundance, and I begin to give and help people. And you begin to realize this isn't just about me, but, but we're all kind of working together, and, and we're all kind of helping each other and supporting each other and engaging each other. And now, like, I, I'm flourishing. The troubles are still there. The concerns of life, the bills, the kids, the, you know, the bad job, the, I'm staying up late doing schooling, and there's the, the, the demands on my time and my life, and all that is still there. But I'm flourishing because I'm connected. You see, going to church... It's not the same thing as being planted. And, and this, is, this is just how we view things. It's what we say, right? We, we go to church when we can. Nah, you know, I'm not really busy. It's, it's, it, it even comes out in how we ask it, isn't it? <coughs> we'll say things like, well, we, we're going to go to church this weekend? I don't know. I'm busy. You know, there's a game on. <clears throat> I've got extra things I've got to do. It's the only day of the week it's, it's, you know, that I have off. It's with my family and all these things. It's, it's how we, we word it. See, but what, what's interesting is when you're planted, we don't ask the, that question that way. It, it's never, are we going to go to church? Because it's not an option. My kids don't ask me, and you're going to laugh. Well, Jim, you're the pastor. Like, you have to be here. They never ask, are, are we going to go to church? Because that's not how we view it. We are the church. We don't go to church. We don't go to a building. We don't go to a location. <clears throat> we are the church. The church isn't simply a part of our lives. The church is our life because we are the church. It's a difference in how we view the whole idea. It's why when COVID set in and, you know, we couldn't meet in person, it didn't throw us for a loop because, well, this isn't the church. I mean, it doesn't look like a church. It doesn't feel like a church. If we're being completely honest, it doesn't smell like a church. It's weird. You walk into an old school building in the middle of, a, of an old Hamden school. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like church because it was never intended to be the church. We're the church. We are, are the very thing that Jesus empowered to do his work in the world. We are the very reason he came to start his movement, not his movement of buildings, his movement of people. So we don't ask the question, are we going to go to church because it's a given. It, it, it's who we are. It's an identity. It's an identity uh, uh, to which we ascribe to. We are the church. We, are we going to go? Of course we're going to go. Because it's me. It's who I am. And I know you're, you're saying, anything, Jim, that's you. You're a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I've got a job. I've got other demands. 
I grew up in a, in a family that wasn't ministering. My, my mom, who's actually here this morning, visiting, she wasn't a pastor. My dad wasn't a pastor. We never asked, are we going to church? We just lived with the assumption it's our life. We are the church. It's just what we do. And when you begin to feel that way, when you begin to get planted, when you begin to grow, you begin to realize, I'm part of that too. I'm not simply going as a viewer. I'm not simply going as a consumer. And there are periods in life when you're going to do that. And that may be the period you're in right now. I'm not sure. I don't think I can be here. I just want to see what you're all about. But eventually, will you connect? Will you get planted? See, the church is a people. And that's actually what Jesus said. In, uh, I believe it's... Uh, in the Acts of the Apostles, they talk about the church, and the church comes from this word ekklesia. And ekklesia is a Greek word that's broken out from two kind of root Greek words. And the first is ek, and ek is, is, just means out. It's literally where we get a word exit from. And, and then uh, the, the last part of the word, and I'm not going to remember it because I don't speak Greek. Um, <clears throat> the last part of the word means called out. Laos, I believe it is. It's, it's ekklesia. We are the called out ones. We are the called out people. It literally means we are called out to assemble and to gather. We're called out to, to, to be with each other and to engage with each other. And the assumption is that we're called out for a mission. We're called out for a purpose. We're called out for a reason. We're not, we're not just a group of people that come and sit in rows and, and watch somebody speak and then go on our ways and go back to life as usual. We're called out of our old life. We're called out of our old way. We just got through weeks of talking about the old way of doing things and ascribing to the new way that Jesus presented. You've been called out from the old into the new. That's what Jesus wants for you. That's what he said. I'm starting my movement. I'm starting my gathering. I'm starting my assembly of people who would gather and who would listen. And when you read through the Acts of the Apostles and you see how the church began, they, they started by listening and then they would gather and they would break bread and they would share their, their things with one another. They would make sure the needs are met and they would encourage and people up when they were encouraged and they would serve when people need to be served they they, they were part of, of a unit they were part of a family they didn't just go to church they were planted and they realized the church is bigger than a building it's more than a destination the church is me so, so perhaps journey church we just need to stop going to church and get planted some people they go to church and they experience God's presence. We're, we're going to do a, a little example. So say this is person A up top and this is person B. Person A, they, they go to church and the story is very much starts off the same as person B. Somebody invites them and, and they're encouraged by a message and the message just like grabs their heart. It's like he was speaking directly to me. Or, or they, they, a worship song's played and I just connected or somebody served me or said hello and I was just having a bad day and they, they just made me smile and I just felt so good. I, I cried out to God or to Jesus and it's like they answered me and it was amazing and I, I loved it and I came for a while, and, and I, I loved the experience. But, but the problem with person A is, is <clears throat> over the course of the years, they, they never get planted. And then the excitement wears off, and they stop attending so much, and then three years later, they're coming once a month, once every two months. And the trials of life come like they always do. The marriage begins to hit some walls, and the kids begin to act out or, or, or maybe, you know, they begin to struggle with, with some kind of, uh, of, of serious struggle. You lose your job and, and, and everything just seems like it's, like it's floundering. You buy a boat and, and, you know, now you're financially strapped, whatever it might be. And it's like the world's coming down around you. But I, I, we're going to church. 
person B, the same thing. They go to church. Story starts off the same way. A song blesses them, a message is blessing. Somebody serves them or connects them, and they just feel connected. But when they come, they, they realize God's given me some gifts, and I can use those gifts, and I can, I can use the gifts at church, and I begin to serve people in church, or God's given me an abundance, and, and I, I realize I, I can invest my, some of my abundance into the kingdom to further the mission and, and to, to reach more people with the same good news that, that reached me. Or they, they begin to feel like I, I can connect, and I can talk, and I can share, and I can encourage. I, I, be, I begin to pray for someone, and they begin to pray for me. And, and it was like, like we all started kind of connecting and working together, and, and they felt rooted. And then three years later, the trials of life come, as they always do. Jesus promised us that. The trials of life will still come. The struggles will still come. But person B is planted. And he's flourishing. And it's not that the trials aren't there. It's that the trials don't knock them down. It's that they can endure whatever storms come their way because the storms still come. They're not in crisis mode. You know, I have a need, and I you know, reached out to my small group, and I was concerned, so I talked to the person I serve with, and I, I, I didn't know what to do, so I, I just talked to the people that I'm naturally connected with and planted with in my church. And they prayed, and they encouraged, and they showed up, and they served, and they helped, and they met my need. The, the trials were there, but the planted one flourished. Your life is like a seed. In order to grow, you've got to be planted. How are you? Oh, it's been a tough year. It's been hard. I, you know, there was isolation and loneliness, and we weren't sure, and we were scared. Yeah, everybody experienced that. But the planet can flourish. See, I, I think about my family and what you have meant to me. We've had hard times. Last year was a struggle for all of us. But I was encouraged, and I was lifted up, and I was prayed for because of you. Your life's like a seed. When you're planted, two things in particular happen. We're going to look at them real quick. When you're planted, the first one is this. When you're planted, your roots grow deep. <clears throat> it's, it's like, look at the, the verse in, in Jeremiah. Jeremiah uh, chapter, I think, uh, 17. Uh, he talks about the righteous person who's connected, who's invested in the house of God, who's not just attending church or going to church, but he's planted in church. He says a little, it's like this. It's like a tree that's planted by the water, and it sends out its roots towards the streams. They, they, go, they go deep, and they connect. It doesn't fear when the heat comes. That's like the trials of life. That's the concerns of life. That, that's the bills, and, you know, what do we do with our kids, and how do we pay for college, and what about the job and the, and the house? It, it doesn't fear when the heat comes because here's the thing. The heat comes for everyone. It doesn't fear. Its leaves are always green, and it has no worries in a year of drought. I don't know about some of you, but last year felt like a year of drought. And it never ceases to bear fruit. There's a, a, a tree most of you heard of when you think of roots or, or think of large trees, right? They're the giant sequoias in Redwood National Forest. And I was doing some research on, on roots and on trees that, that flourish. These trees in particular are just fascinating. And you might know some of this. But the, these trees are the largest living things on planet Earth. They can grow 30 stories high. I mean, what, what does it take for uh, 30 stories high? They can grow three stories wide. I mean, here's a picture of one. And it, it, it like pales in comparison, except when you think like that would be a person right there. 
I mean, it's just massive and it's incredible. Like what causes something to, to, to grow and to flourish that big? And then you begin to, to do a little research and you realize their roots, their roots can grow 100 feet wide and 150 feet deep. And here's what's amazing. They've actually taken scans and have seen this with the redwood trees. What one tree plants itself and it grows tall and its roots grow deep and its roots grow like wide, like way, 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 way out. And then another tree over here, it grows tall and it grows, its roots grow deep and its roots grow wide, like way, way, way. And then another tree and another tree. And before you know it, there's a forest of giant redwoods. And if you could look below the ground, you know what you would see? These root systems that are like intermingled and intertwined and everything's kind of held together. They built like a support network network for each other so that when the storms come and it's california storms come but when the storms come the trees don't fall the trees don't break they literally hold each other up with their root system it's built in to support themselves and to lift each other up that's what it's like to be planted and to flourish that's what it's like when you're planted in a church. You're connected and your roots grow deep and they're intertwined and they're they're intermingled and and when storms come we can hold each other up and we can encourage each other. One of the worst things to come out of the, pandem the pandemic was isolation. As a pastor, this is what I do. I, I talk to people when they're struggling, when they have issues. Marriages have fallen apart. Kids have, have just struggled so much. My sister's a counselor with mental health and depression and worry and fear for the future. Depressed. Suicide was on the rise. You were never meant to do life alone, ever. It's destructive and it hurts. And worse, when the storms come, and they always do, you feel like you're that lone tree on the middle of a hill and the wind's beating against you and no one's there to pick you up. But you need to know if you're here, we are here to pick you up. And if you get planted, your roots will, 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 will mingle and, and will, will intertwine and we will support and lift each other up just as we were always meant to do. I always find this interesting in, in the book of Genesis, in the very beginning of your Bibles. It's a story of, of God creating the world. And I'm not going to get into how he does it, whether it was exactly how it was written or he used evolution. That's a talk for another time. What's always amazing to me is that we know he started with a man. And he created Adam. And Adam, he said it was good. And, and they talked. And they, I mean, imagine this, this relationship with God. They're talking and they're, they walk with each other and they see each other. God, Adam had this amazing relationship with God. Yet at the end of the day, God looked back and said, it's still not just good. It's still not good enough. It wasn't good for man to be alone. Even though he can connect and commune and talk and see me, he needed more than just me. And God created woman. And the two were good. You were never meant to be alone. You were never meant to walk through your trials alone. You were never meant to do your life alone. You were meant to be planted, to be connected, to grow, and to flourish. Number two, not only will your roots grow deep, but your roots will produce fruit. We're going to look back at that verse in Jeremiah, and as I, I've read through scriptures, I've gotten older, I, I've started this practice of putting myself in the text, not in a, like a, a heretical way, but just to change the pronoun, as if the, the, the scripture is talking to me. So you just drop your name in or change the pronoun, but the scripture would read this way, if we go back to that verse. You are like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots toward the stream. You don't fear when the heat comes, you don't fear when the storms come, because they come for you like they come for me, like they come for all of us. 
Your leaves are always green. You don't worry in a year of drought, and you never cease to bear fruit. What fiery trial, what, what heat have you been under? We can all look back to last year and say, well, the, there's the pandemic. But my guess for some of you, it's more than that. I, I hate being alone. My marriage is a mess. My, my kids, I, I we're struggling. Finances have been hard. You're under a trial. But you don't worry. Because you never cease to bear fruit. Because you're planted. You're not bothered, you're not shaken, you're not rattled. You're still producing fruit. And what kind of fruit? The Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 5, he, he talks about the, the fruit that would be produced for those who are planted, for those who, who are connected to, to, to God and to the church, to the people that God has asked you to be a part of. He said that the fruit's going to look a little different for, for, for some people, but here's the thing. It's not natural fruit. You don't naturally produce this. But naturally, we all want this. He said the fruits, they look a little like this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and forbearance, which is patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. He said against these things, there's no law. Or, or basically, against these things, no one would complain because everybody wants that. I've never met anybody that said, no, I don't want to be loved. I've had too much joy in my heart, right? I just, I, I'm, I'm, I, enough with peace. I need some chaos. Who hasn't prayed for more patience? We all want that. And he said, that's what's produced in you. Not when you go to church, but when you get planted and your roots grow deep and you flourish. And he said, Here, here's the beautiful thing, that you begin to realize that as the fruit's produced in you, you begin to realize, well, the fruit isn't just for me. My love overflows. My joy is almost contagious. My, my, my peace is attractive because everybody wants some peace. My, my kindness is, is blessing other people. My, my faithfulness, it strengthens those around me. You see, if you don't feel like you're planning a journey, here's, here's the thing. We've had this from the beginning. I call it an open door policy. If you're here and you want to get connected, you want to get planted, we want to help we want to know who you are. If you're online and you're thinking, I'm ready to take my next step, that's why we have a host online, so that they can help. We want to know your story because everybody starts their journey on, on a, at a different place. How can we help? What are your gifts? How can we, we get you connected to what God's doing here? But if you've tried and you've hated it because this church isn't for everyone, as some people remind me, as I heard last week, here's the open door policy. We'll help you go somewhere else. We'll help you find another church. There are great churches out there that are doing things, that are reaching people with Jesus, that don't do it the way we do it. You might say, I, I tried it here, but you know, I really miss Sunday school, Jim. I'm a little confused because who likes going to school? But God bless you. There are churches that do Sunday school, and we'll help you find one. You know, I, I really just want more worship and more like free-flowing worship. Great, there are churches that do worship. We'll go help you find one. There are great churches out there that are doing great things. Well, I really want a pastor who's not as boring and not as handsome and, that's going to be hard. <laughs> but we'll help you find one. Because the goal here isn't to build this, this church, this like physical building. The goal here is to build you and to help you reach all of your potential that God wants you to reach. The goal is to help you flourish. And if you feel like you can't get connected here, let us help you get connected somewhere else. If you were to ask me and any of the pastors, I, I tried, it's just not a fit we will recommend a church for you. We know them. We're friends with them. This isn't competition. We're all on the same team trying to do the same thing. 
So guys, stop going to church and be planted. Find a way to connect. Really expect to make a difference. Do we really expect to make a difference if we just go to church once a month? Do we really expect to reach our potential if, if we're just kind of in and out? Do we really expect to be conformed in the image of God? That's, that's like the purpose. That's what Jesus said, I'm here to do, to replicate me, to make disciples, which are people that look and act and think like me. Do we really expect to be conformed in the image of God if you know, we're spending more on coffee than we ever do on the mission of God? If, if we spend more time checking our Instagram accounts than we do ever serving somebody during the week? If we spend more time fighting than we do trying to make peace? Do we ever expect to really reach God's potential? I know some of you, you say, well, you know, I've, I've been there, I tried, I went to church, didn't work. I gave it three weeks. That's going to take time. All good things take time. But it's a time worth investing. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This is a, a very simple application, but it's, it's far-reaching. If you're here and you're connected, God bless you. We love you. Continue to connect. Don't allow the concerns of this world to pull you out or to make you do less, to make you engage less. If you're here and you're not connected, let us help you connect. Take a step. Join a team. Talk to people. Let people know you're here. Let people know what's, what's happening in your life so that we can connect and we can help and we can lift each other up. If you're online and, and you're online because, you know, you're out of town traveling or there's concern around COVID and you're not sure you're ready to be back yet, I totally, totally understand that. And this isn't a message that's saying COVID's gone and everybody should be back. If there's concern, don't come. Continue to view online. But engage with us. You have a host who's looking to connect with you. Let, it, let them know you're there. Let them know what, what your concerns are, what your prayer requests are, what you're struggling with so that we can encourage and lift you up so that you can get connected and planted and not simply go to church because you were never intended to just go to church. But what I'm going to ask is that all of us begin to think, when's the right time for me to come back and get connected? What's interesting is, is stop going to church is what I want you to do. I want you to get planted. But what you might need to do is actually start going to church for maybe the very first time so you can get planted. When's the right time? If you're sitting at home and, and you're simply out of habit, what's interesting to me about COVID is it, it allowed us to create some, some really maybe not so good habits. Have you ever noticed that it's like the not so good habits that are so easy to create and fall into? You know, we started because of the pandemic and don't get me wrong, technology is amazing. We will always do church online. I think it's an amazing tool. But we started and we connected and then it got really easy. And it was really easy to just, you know, we'll view on Sunday mornings. And then, you know, my, my kids want to be active. So we'll view on Sunday night. I've heard this from so many people. Ah, and then Sunday nights got busy and we'll try to catch up during the week. And then before you know it, you haven't seen or engaged for months. And the bad habit's formed. And now we're out of habit and it's hard to break that habit. Let me encourage you. Break the habit. Come back. And here's what I want you to do. May 9th, I want you to come back. We're going to throw a party that day. We want to celebrate. In May, we're allowed 75% of our capacity. We have room for you. We will continue to social distance and wear masks and, and, and offer sanitizer. We're not trying to get everyone sick. We don't want anyone to get sick. But we want you to be connected and we want you to be planted. Because the longer you isolate, the longer you feel alone, the easier it is for the storms of life to beat you down. And that is not God's plan for you. That is not what he wants for you. 
So get connected, get planted. We all have a step to take. If you're here, join a team. If you're not here, when, when would you be here? When's the right time? And if it's months in the future, then stay online and connect with our host. And if you're just out of habit, let me be the bearer of bad news. Break the habit. Stop today and start doing something that's good for you and good for your family. Something that will carry you through when things aren't going well. And guys, that's like the one thing we can promise, right? This week, you're going to face a trial. You're going to face an opposition. You're going to deal with something you don't want to deal with. Are you just going to church and dealing with it alone? Or are you planted? And do you have a, a group of people who are praying for you and encouraging you and lifting you up so that you can engage and you can survive and you can flourish? How you doing? I'm flourishing. I'm growing. I'm prospering. And that's the very same thing God wants for all of you.